This week on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation, Kelton Steckline talks about Camp Voitiwa. One Body. How are the activities at Camp Voitiwa tied to our Catholic faith? How can attending or working at Camp Voitiwa draw us closer to God? One Body. We'll answer this and much more. Kelton Steckline is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. All right, so by way of introduction, Kelton is a cradle Catholic. He met uh, he met his beautiful wife while serving as summer camp counselor at Camp Voitiwa in 2011. After a long-distance relationship, while they both completed their education, they got married. They have a son, Colby, love that name, six years old, and a daughter, Gianna, seven months old. Jill, I always thought I'd have a Gianna, but I didn't, so um, all those boys. <laughs> Jill, who has her doctorate in physical therapy and works as the, the lead PT for My Catholic Doctor, um, which allows her to see patients all over the USA via telehealth. Um, she specializes in pelvic floor rehab for pre- and postpartum mothers. Kelton, who is in the studio with us today, is also a trained physical therapist. However, in 2020, he transitioned full-time as an assistant director with Camp Voitiwa. While Hayes is the home of the Steckland family, they do move to Jamestown, Colorado from May to August each summer. All right, so that's our introduction. So I um, want to say thank you, first of all, for being here. I really appreciate it. But, but let's start by, um, by talking about what is Camp Voitiwa and, you know, where, where did the name come from? Yeah, so first off, I just want to say um, a huge thank you to also to the whole here, Divine Mercy team um, here to mm. invite me on to share about this ministry, Camp Voitiwa, that I'm just incredibly passionate about. Um, just to tie in, too, to you, you, uh, you donors to, um, thinking about calling in this hour, that car for Matthew Hogan. Matthew Hogan was a, is also a Camp Waitiwa Council alumni, served with us last summer. Yeah. So we're bringing in some of our camp, um, camp family here. But Camp Waitiwa, we are a, a Catholic Adventure outdoor program. We serve middle school and high school youth to come out to our pristine property in the Rockies, and they come for six-day or nine-day camper programs. And these summer camp programs, they are single gender at a time, so either it's just middle school girls there for the week or just middle school boys for the week or high school girls, high school guys. And what we do is we take our campers out um, into the created world, into, into the Rockies, and we have them experience silence. We have them experience um, just the natural environment, but also on these alpine adventures. We go rock climbing, whitewater rafting, summit hikes, and surround them with all these adventures, but also with daily sacraments, with religious sisters, with our chaplains, with a community that is just striving also to grow in their faith. We believe that um, the creation, the created world is one of the best teachers the Lord has given us, and that through the adventures that we do at Camp Waitiwa, um, our campers can come to learn a lot about themselves and ultimately go closer to Christ through the way that we set our pedagogy up, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into more as we go. And so, um, and I'll, yeah, I'll share more about just kind of how we do our daily, um, daily our daily programming and opportunities for campers. But yeah, where where did the name come from? So uh, we are named after Pope Saint John Paul II, and uh, we could have been, you know, um, Saint JP II camp or Pope John Paul the Great camp. But our directors, our founders, Scott and Andy Powell, they're really particular on wanting to go with Camp Voitiwa. So Carol Voitiwa was uh, JP2's name when he was when he was a boy, when he was um, as a priest and a bishop. And when 
Karol Wojtyla was a was a bishop in Rome. It was or sorry in Poland. It was the during the time of the communist regime, and um, you can imagine this culture where there is just all the media pressures selling these lies of um, everything about the communist movement to the youth, to the young people, to the to the adults. And so what did Karol Wojtyla do as a priest and a bishop? Um, he would take groups, adults and young adults, and he would take them out away from town, away from the city, into the nature, into the created world, on these camping trips, on these skiing trips, on these canoe trips, and a time where they could get away from all the lies, the distraction, the noise, and in a place where they could hear the Lord, where they could hear, um, hear God speak through silence. They could have communication with each other, hear truth, and to, um, to instill in them um, who they really are, who they're supposed to be, not who the world tells them to be, but who they're really supposed to be. And so parallel in that, we realized, man, we live in this world with, with noise and a culture telling us so many crazy things. And I mean, you know, you can, you know, you know, you know that already for yourself. And so same thing, we, we take the youth, take the middle school and the high school kids um, with our counselor staff that we hire, and we take them out into our, our property here in the Rocky Mountains in Jamestown, Colorado, where cellular doesn't work. You know, they don't have Wi-Fi access. Mm-hmm. And they get to experience just what it means to be, what it means to be human again, what it means to to feel the cold, to see the stars, to, to hear the wind, to see wildlife, but also to do that in a community of brothers and sisters who are striving there with them to be surrounded by the sacraments um, and do just to, to come back with who are we supposed to be, who are we created to be, and we, sometimes we have to get away from the noise to hear that. And another, another really cool aspect of just why Camp Foytiwa, uh, when JP2, St. JP2 came to um, the United States for World Youth Day in 1993, and I, I was only three years old then, so I don't know if any of you listeners got a chance to go to that, but I know it was a, a really powerful um, experience. Um, he flew into, the, into Denver, and then he wanted to spend a day in the Rockies. He's an avid outdoorsman. So they took him out to Allen's Park, Colorado, the St. Mollus Retreat Center. And that's where he stayed the day. He did some hiking there right by the base of Mount Meeker, and there's even a chapel there that's still there you can go visit um, where he would say Mass. And that's the same land that um, Camp Wachiba was started off in 2007. From 2007 until 2011, camp was started on the same property that JP2 stayed, and we did the, the JP2 trail, and we had mass where JP2 had mass. And then we moved property into 2011. So that's a little bit about our, our story and our background. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of get into more about just what makes us unique as far as a, a, a summer opportunity for, for campers and for counselors um, who want to consider to come share with us in the summer. Excellent. All right, so we are we are talking with Kelton Steckline, um, and uh, he is talking about Camp Voitiwa, and he is now working there full time. Correct. Yeah. So so go ahead and continue with with telling us is is did you, did you kind of get give us the whole picture of, of Camp Voitiwa? Love to share a little bit more. So yeah. So Camp Voitiwa. Um, a little bit about just our pedagogy and what we come to offer. So. Like I said, we have middle school and high school campers who come to Camp Waitiwa, and we serve roughly about 575 campers throughout the summer, mm-hmm. um, usually about 80 on our property at a time. Okay. And we'll have um, our base camp programming. We also have an uh, outpost programming, which is kind of on our property still with a few more. as a shorter six-day experience with some um, excursions. We also do a backcountry expedition program where we take campers with some trained instructors into the backcountry for six days or nine days. But what I think makes camp unique um, compared to a lot of other similar um, just ministries is, or even just outdoor excursions. You know, there, there's these camps out there that, you know, hey, we'll take you rock climbing, we'll take you whitewater rafting, um, but they, they leave it there. Or there's also great, um, great, great Catholic ministries, and, I, you know, I, I love them all, 
that say, hey, we're going to come in and we're going to teach the faith. Um, but what we do is we want to integrate both of those. Mm-hmm. And there's also there's also those programs out there that say, okay, you know what? Let's go rock climbing the day and at nighttime we'll have a Bible study, which yeah. is awesome. It works for them. But for us, we, we integrate everything. You know, we go whitewater rafting. We go rock climbing because there's a lesson to be learned about our faith in that. Yeah. So we take the high school campers. For an example, um, everything that we do, there's a, there's a debrief after it. So you go rock climbing. You go whitewater rafting. You go on a summit hike. And then as soon as you get done with that, that adventure or that excursion, you know, your group of about 10 campers and your two counselors will sit down and have a debrief. And your counselor is going to kind of guide you on some questions. And it's going to be sim- similar to this. So you go, you go whitewater rafting and your, your heart has just come alive. Like, man, like my, my heart's racing. I'm feeling, feeling this adventure, feeling this adrenaline going. Um, but what did I learn through this experience? And if you've ever been whitewater rafting before, you know, there's this raft and you have six or seven people on there. And there's this guide in the back. And it's loud, there's the, there's the crash in the waves, and the guy is saying, okay, two strokes right, three strokes left, one stroke right. And, you know, they're guiding you from all the traps that are pulling you into the crevices here or the rocks here. Yeah. And you really have to still yourself. You still have to really have to quiet yourself from the, the thrill and the noise and the rush to hear what's that little voice saying in the back yeah. of the boat. Yeah. And how similar is that now when you're in high school and you feel like, man, I'm pulled this into this trap or I'm pulled into this trap. Yeah but I feel, I hear this little voice telling me the right direction, but I have to still myself, I have to quiet myself to know which way to guide myself down to my destination. And how much easier is it to get to that journey, that destination of where we're supposed to be, if we have six or seven people in that raft right along with us. And that's just an example um, of everything that we do, we integrate the faith right into it, while surrounding them with the sacraments that ultimately, you know, this camp is not about having a great event, uh, you know, coming and just going rock climbing, but ultimately to bring them closer to Christ yeah. through these adventures. Yeah. I, you know, and, and they will remember when they do activities like what you're describing, it is so much easier to remember because they are putting action with the words. You're not just telling them, but you're letting them associate it with something that that they will remember for Definitely. a very long time, hopefully forever, Definitely. right? You know, that that's our goal. And, and, and I just, I think that's, you know, so powerful. You know, they also have to, to build strength. And, you know, the more often that they do it, the better they get at it, right? And and that's the same thing with the, the spiritual life as well, is the more often we listen to that voice, the better we get at actually toning out all of the other things and following that that okay. uh, that quiet voice. Amen. Yeah, what a yeah. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful example. Um, so let's go on with, with some yeah. of the other activities that you have that really cement in the, the minds of the kids and, and bring those two things together, not just the... the um, the auditory telling them what to do, but letting them experience something that they can then associate with it. Definitely, definitely. And I'm, I'm gonna just back up one step, just because I think you know whoever the listening audience is here about Camp Waitiwa, I can talk about middle school and high school youth come to here. Yeah, also, yeah. with my role, I hire our counselor staff. So <coughs> nice. if you are a, a college age student um, or a seminarian, um, anyone around that that age gauge, um, you know we. We hire our staff. We have a staff for this summer, but um, in the future, you know, it's a, a life-changing experience. I can yeah. promise you that. I'll share more to that later. But, you know, counselor staff or, you know, middle school, high school youth. Are there still openings for, for so campers? They're very minimal, like one to two, but we do have a wait list. So the way that if you are interested in Camp Waitiwa, um, you, we have a website, www. 
camp-w.com okay. to make it easier than having to spell out Camp Waitiwa. Yeah, which and, they probably won't figure out, right? right? It's, it's not phonetic, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, so, so. We, we make make it simpler there. And there's a, there's a part where you can say, I want to register to be a camper. And there's a wait list right now. But if you're still interested and want to be a camper for this coming summer, I encourage you to go to the, go to the wait list and still, you know, See if there's opportunity. There's a lot of kids who have to drop out last minute for, you know, one reason or the other. Um, the way we do run camper registration is actually in October every year we do a lottery system because we have more campers than we have spots for. So we do a lottery system in October, and then we let the people who know, hey, we have a spot for you at Camp Wait what do you want to reserve that spot? And you don't have to be from, you know, western Kansas, you know, the only the far western Kansas to uh, go to Camp Waitiwa. We have... Um, probably about 35% of our campers fly into DIA and we go mm-hmm. pick them up. They come in from all over all over the U.S., a lot from flying or drive in from Kansas or out of state, and then a lot do come from Colorado. Um, so now yeah, going back just to more of like a cemented of, you know, what is what is a day at Camp Wetiwa like and what do we do? So we bring these kids out and they're on, like you said, either six-day or nine-day excursions. And they're paired with about 10 other campers and two counselors. And these campers are... Um, usually we don't send like a group of 10 kids who know each other in the same group. We want them to be kind of spread out, want them to have that experience of learning to be a little bit uncomfortable and making their friends. They can come with one friend they know or two friends they know, but you know, it's, I think it's Pope Benedict XVI who says, you know, we're not made for comfort, we're made for greatness, and a little mm-hmm. bit of discomfort is, is good for us. Um, and they start the day off, you know, at 7 a.m. we'll have adoration. And um, it's an optional adoration for the campers if they want to get up, get up, if they need a little more rest till 7.30, that's fine. But um, outdoor adoration by our fire pit um, out there. And then we'll start off with breakfast. And then we'll bring them into these adventures throughout the day that are just on our base camp property. Maybe they go archery or do a high ropes course or they go to do some fishing or we have crafts. And we'll do that for about the next, um, you know, several hours of the day, maybe 9 to 3. But again, you know, we don't just go to archery to shoot, learn how to shoot archery. You know, we go to archery because there's, there's a lesson there about aim small and miss small. Aim for my target. And what, what am I shooting for? What am I aiming for? It's all about mm. giving these experiences to bring in the conversation that actually have the impact. Yeah. Um, like I said, we start the day with adoration. Um, actually, during breakfast, we'll have a, usually a, some kind of formation talk. Um, Scott and Andy Powell, our directors, our founders, Scott is actually a, he's a doctorate in theology. He's a professor at the St. John Vianney Seminary. And so he'll do a formation talk for the day. And then following those activities, um, if we're on a base camp day, they will uh, we'll have our daily mass, usually mid-afternoon. We'll have a chaplain there every week. Um, whenever we have girl uh, campers for the week, you know, middle school, high school campers, we also have religious sisters there, um, which just that in itself is uh, just an amazing witness of the joy and the humanness of our, of our religious sisters. I think sometimes people, like, don't realize just, like, these, these girls are— they're human. They're they're fun. They're awesome. And they, you know, just to see a you know a Nashville Dominican sister in her white habit halfway up a rock face with yeah. dirt all over her hair, or we have the the missionaries of charity, the sisters of life with face uh, face paint on. Yeah. Um. So they'll come out. Sometimes they'll lead some prayer services with us, or lead the girls in some kind of um, a talk or a formation talk. And then following our daily mass, we'll have our dinner, and then we'll always have a nighttime kind of activity to to wrap up the day. Um, that could be, um, you know, a big game we play in the wilderness just to get kids out, just to be free in the, in the mountains. It could be our confession night, which ends, follows with a huge, um, huge kind of we call it father's house party with a, just a big campfire party to celebrate everything we've done. And so those are our base camp days. And then we have our offsite days. These are more the high school kids go on the offsite days where we'll take them um, on a rock climbing excursion um, with uh, an outfitter guy. We'll take them 
on a summit hike attempt where we actually wake the, the campers will wake up at 2.30 a.m. on our property because we want to try to get them to the trailhead by 4 to get up and down this 12 or 13,000 foot peak before any kind of late morning thunderstorms. And just the, the growth that those kids have in those days of, wow, I just did so much more than I thought I could do. And I got to see and experience a world I didn't know existed outside of maybe I saw it in a movie one time. I saw this yeah. on Chronicles of Narnia or, you know, watching yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, they do those activities and they don't come back to the property before they debrief. What did I learn? What did mm-hmm. I see? What metaphor was I taught today through this experience? Um, also, I said we have the whitewater rafting experience. Our middle school kids will do an overnight trip um, just on the property we have. We'll kind of do about a two-mile hike and do a property there. And um, throughout it all, I guess they have the counselors too. And our counselor staff is um, a very very competitive counselor hiring process. And I say that just for the, for the parents to know that we um, do take a lot of pride that we go through all, all over the U.S., even some international applicants, to really make sure that we have um, just a staff that is just on fire for their faith, these college kids that you want to be your, your campers, um, you know, your campers role models of who they look up to. And they have this college staff that is just dynamic in their energy, dynamic in their service, knows how to give them themselves, and also invest in these kids to the point where afterwards, um, with um, they, you know, these are these kind of lifelong role models for them. You know, I have a, a niece who went to camp last summer and she's driving out to Denver this summer to go to her counselor's wedding because her counselor is just mm. such an important person in her life now. Yeah. Yeah, so. that, that's cool. That, that kind of bond, that kind of relationship. And then it really does make a difference with these, these middle schoolers and teens. It, it makes a huge difference whenever they're faced with a temptation. You know, they can really think about the models that, that you know, they have experienced at the camp. And, and it makes a difference in their decision. It does, yeah. 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 So, and driving out for the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, our our counselors they they don't take the role lightly. Of you know, man, these campers they've been entrusted me, and you know, I you know, it's not just a random selection of which campers me. This is divine providence. These are the campers that entrust me for this week, and I have I want to make an impact. And these these campers come, and what they experience, and I'll probably share some more some camper testimonies as we go. But what they experience at Camp Wetiwa of just this authentic, um, passionate life that they maybe have not seen before or tasted before. Yeah. You know, those counselors are that sense of, a, hey, well, you can go to college, you can keep this. You can yeah. you can go beyond this and you can keep this. I'm, I'm your example. I'm your witness. And, I, and I'm really grateful that, you know, my niece, so I'm, I'm biased. I want my, I want my family yeah. to also be strong in their faith. And she had a counselor that is just, you know, her role model. Yeah. And she looks up to and now she's going to be going to college next year and knows this is the kind of girl, the kind of woman I want to be when I go yeah. into college and life beyond. Yeah. That, and, and you really, those are the kind of things that I said it before, it really sticks with you. It's not just like a few weeks during the summer. Those are the things that stick with you for a long time. Amen. One body. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to One Body, stewarding God's creation. We'll be right back with more from Kelton Steckline on Camp Fortiwa. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation on Divine Mercy Radio. Camp Voitiwa. Kelton Stegline.
Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Our great guest right now, Kelton Steckline, and he is talking about Camp Voitiwa, which he works for full-time now, and uh, will be doing summer camp. And so let's con- continue continue talking about that. Are you ready to uh, kind of talk about, um, you know, um, like your family life? Yeah. Or, or do we have more that we want to share about uh, the the activities? I think the only thing I want to also on activities thinking through is just to paint a picture of, of camp for anyone. Um, what's, what's really cool about camp, we, we would call it a, a primitive camp. Um, if you were to go to the property we want to camp with you from right now, you would see one little A-frame house that our director's living with their three kids and a gear tent that we keep some TP poles in and some wood things. Other than that, there, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we go out a week before our staff arrives and we have a setup week and we set up six teepees. We have these 24-foot pole teepees that, um, or yurts you might call them, that our campers sleep in. And we, we love the idea of our campers sleeping in teepees because a teepee allows you to, to see the stars still, yeah. um, to, to hear the wind. Yeah. You know, we, um, we're about a quarter mile actually from like, uh, like any kind of facility with running water. And so we, we have an outdoor kitchen. We do an outdoor, every single mass we have is outdoors. You know, adoration is outdoors. And it really is a, um, a primitive experience for campers to get a chance just to, you know, live kind of like humans lived for, you know, millennia, millennia until here since the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to paint that picture. I, I don't think I would do justice if uh, didn't get to mention the teepees. That's one of my favorite parts yeah, about, about yeah. campus, our teepees we have for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And do the campers take to it pretty good, too? Do they? They do. do. They, yeah. 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 Yeah, they, they um, you know, it's one of those things that day one or day two, you know, might be a little adjustment period, especially because, you know, we, we get some rain out there. We have some wildlife. Um, and you might be used to, you know, on a shower three times a day kind of person back home or be on my cell phone. But I, like, I don't know any camper who left camp at the end and just wasn't grateful for the experience. Yeah. You know, there's that, always that, that little adjustment period of getting used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. But by day six, by day nine, or for our counselor staff, you know, 10 weeks of, uh, 10 weeks of it, they are, um, they're a new person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine, you know, to really, you know, how can you not, right? You're, you're having adoration. You're, close to nature which is god's creation how can how can you not yeah. grow how can you not right right um i didn't think about the fact that the teepees open at the top though with the weather that that might uh so teepees working uh, with it they do have a rain flap so you if, okay. if it's raining we'll go out and we'll put the rain flaps so you're not getting wet okay but you are you know and um and it's 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 nice weather in late june and july for our campers um our staff they they get a little bit more of a a test of their of their grit we you know, we start staff training in late May. It's a three-week process, and um, there could be snow on the ground in late May in the mountains. Yeah. And we sleep outside. We eat yeah. outside. We do mass outside. So yeah. um, they are, you know, rain or shine, hot, cold. Yeah. We're out there. Um, but it's, it's, it's so good for them. And the growth that I've experienced, I was a counselor, the growth that they experienced is just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. It- Denver weather is unpredictable. I was just there last week. It was pretty cold. It was it was pretty cold, colder than what we're experiencing. So, um, yeah. But I guess you're talking a month from now, so maybe it'll be better by then. It's hard. I think things melt fast. Last year, uh, you know, I talked about Matthew Hogan coming in to be an intern with Divine Mercy next uh, this summer. 
He had, he had an experience with our staff last year. Um, May 13th through 20th, we were setting camp up. I was in shorts and a T-shirt. You know, we were doing all the work outside. Day before our staff arrived, I guess they came on May 20th, that night before we had 24 inches of snow. And, wow. you know, we've got wow. um, campers flying in from Southern Florida and Southern California, or counselors flying in from Southern California, Southern Florida, who've never even seen snow before. Yeah. Let alone, hey, by the way, this is where we're sleeping at. Um, yeah. and we, we, we work <laughs> with them. We, we do yeah. take care of our staff. We help them learn how to sleep warm, how to sleep dry, how to be, yeah. be great out there. But it's, uh, it's an experience of growth, but it's also, I mean, that, that just, like I said, that being uncomfortable is sometimes what we need to grow to be the person that we're supposed to be. Yeah. Absolutely. We are talking with Kelton Steckline and talking about Camp Voitiwa. And, um, you know, you, you, your, your introduction said that you have two kids, one that's six, Colby that's six, and Gianna that's seven months old. So if you and your wife are both working here, where are yeah. the kids? So I love to yeah, share a little bit about just the family life. So um, our whole family goes up to camp in the summer. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a family adventure for us. Uh, and um, Scott and Annie Powell, our founders, our directors, um, they, they, they're the role models of it all. They have their three kids and their dog and they're on property. And, and um, you know, the, it's a ministry that I, I took as a full-time position, but my whole family, um, you know, I guess whether Jill said yes or the kids were forced to say yes, but it's a whole family said yes to the, to the ministry and they get to be there. And uh, this will be our, our first time having a, a baby on property, but I've seen it done before. I've, you know, I've, um, every summer I've been up there, I've seen a, a four-month-old, or seven-month, or nine-month-old up there, and so um, you know, learning to crawl in the in the Rockies and yeah. being outdoors. But yeah, for my son, we uh, um, it's been amazing watching him just be loved on by these college counselors. It was a big mm-hmm. big part of the decision when I took this uh, made the decision to work for camp full time. Of man, what kind of opportunities could we give to him? And you know, he was starting kindergarten this year, and uh, he's like, I don't want to go to kindergarten. And uh, just a little kid thing, I think he wanted to sleep in. He was kind of enjoying the summer. And I was like, yeah, but buddy, you're going to make so many new friends. It's going to be awesome. He's like, what do I need new friends for? I have all my college best friends. Mm. And he really mm-hmm. is. These, these, these college counselors, they just yeah. they love on him. Um, and he's got these amazing role models. But then the campers, too. He gets to, you know, he doesn't go on the excursion with them. He doesn't go on the teepees with them. But, you know, during the week, he's, he's there. He's outside hanging out. He's a, he's a mountain boy for the summer. And the... Uh, the middle school boys, the high school boys, they, they embrace him as one of their own, the little brother, and he'll go and uh, play with them. So, and um, our director, Scott and Annie, they have three kids. Their youngest is also the same age as Colby, so he's got a little um, compadre the entire entire yeah. summer. Yeah. So, yeah, the four of us, myself, Jill, Colby, Gianna, and then we have a, a yellow lab. Um, nice. And uh, we live in a little camper, and we're all up there for the summer from kind of mid-second week of May until August to help run with the summer programming. So and, you have a little bit more comfort right with a with a yeah you're, you're Having, kind of cheating there yeah no, i <laughs> we, we we get the camper and uh you know i i do feel honestly i feel kind of bad to the staff sometimes and uh because they'll come up and like oh man that that rain at 3 a.m last night that was kind of rough to cut me out for a while i'm like yeah i had a roof over my head all night it was it was pretty yeah, good but yeah. <laughs> when you get kids or you know and you have the family i guess i get the all right well we were we were up changing a diaper at 2 a.m so yeah, yeah. um but it, it is uh it's it's a great setup for us that um, I've had the opportunity to work for camp remotely. So I work for right. camp full time. Jill Jill still does her work with a the physical therapist. Even during the summer, she'll do some telehealth patients um, okay. where she can find some, a place where she has some, some Wi-Fi access, um, and she helps kind of coordinate our kitchen and invest in the in the female staff a lot during the summer. Um, but then myself to work full time for Camp Wetiwa, uh, have the opportunity to still live in Hayes, my hometown. 
um, have great community here and be able to go to Colorado about once a month and do a lot of traveling for recruitment trips, but I can do those in almost a, you know, leave in the morning, come back the next day. So I'm minimizing time away from the family yet still doing just about everything I can do. And it's one of the, one of the blessings, you know, of the, of the COVID era of learning that, you know, remote work can be done. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, really, really grateful to be able to haze and, and do that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. You know, and, and that's such an interesting thing that, you know, here you are in Hayes and, and you are working full time for the camp. So what do you do in the off season? Yeah. What's what's the, the role that, that's played there? So, yeah, our team, um, about five to six of us full time, uh, two or three part time and some contract workers. So, you know, it's a, a small relative team for a nonprofit ministry. So you all wear a lot of hats. Um, you know, I, you know, the times we're contracting with our rock climbing outfitter or arranging the bus to go to our white water excursion. All those little things happen in the fall and the spring. But the big hat that I wear is our staff hiring. That's the, that's the big thing is our staff hiring. And that's why I was talking, you know, I want to make sure that anyone listening who is a, uh, you know, going to be a college student or college age level or a seminarian, um, you know, we basically September, October travel to different universities that uh, we've had a good rapport, good relationship with. And we'll do some recruitment um, opportunities, recruitment nights. And then during the November is when our October 22nd is St. John, John Paul II's Feast Day. That's when our applications open. Yeah. And then basically through November, December, and January, I do a lot of interviews. I yeah. probably interviewed, um, not everyone gets an interview, but I probably did about a little over 100 interviews this year. Um, you know, Zoom interviews, and then kind of uh, we discern, pray, and decide on our staff. And then the spring, and I'm walking through the onboarding. I'm getting them prepped, getting them trained, getting the staff to know each other so they come in, you know, ready to be on mission. You know, we kind of, we advertise the Camp Wetiva Counselor Program. We call it the Servant Leadership Team. Um, it's not a summer job. It's not a, don't, not, don't be a camp counselor. You're a missionary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're on a domestic mission, and you are here to give of yourself. You're here to learn what it means to die to yourself so these campers can really have the, uh, have the experience that the Lord wants them to have. But it's, you know, JP2, we, we find ourselves when we make ourselves a gift of self. And that's what the camp counselors experience. So mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest um, rewards of my role, too, is I, I kind of look at my role at camp. Um, I oversee the kind of the operations and the logistics of, okay, where is this vehicle doing this? And those kind of, you know, facility operations. But also, like, I don't directly, like, I don't directly go and um, invest in the campers. You know, I invest in the counselors. The counselors are Jill and I's campers. And then those counselors, you know, they mm-hmm. invest into the campers. And so every summer I have, you know, following the summer, 50 new counselors who, you know, they're like spiritual children of ours. And I, I mean that in every, in every aspect of the weight of the word because, you know, they, we follow them, we keep up with them, we go visit them. Um, and it's, it's a huge blessing um, to have that, you know, Matthew Hogan being one of them coming here as an intern this coming, coming year, yeah. Divine Mercy. Yeah. We are talking with Kelton Steckline, and he is from Camp Voitiwa, and we are so glad that he is here. Um, so give me some of the, the testimonials. Yeah. So actually, to tell you this, I, I was reading through some camper testimonies, but I realized that the best way to do this is just to hear from their own words. Yeah. And so I have a, took one of our videos, one of my favorite videos from some campers here a couple summers ago, and I um, have the audio here, so I'm going to play this. And nice. hopefully this will sound uh, sound clear for everyone. It's about yeah. about three minutes of some camper testimonies. With uh, all these are all middle school or high school kids. So just mm-hmm. listen to the depth of their words. These are middle school, high school kids, except for two of them are some of our counselor college staff. Okay. To surrender to Christ, 
means to completely live in the unknown, but live in the beauty of the adventure. Being in the, in the outdoors and knowing who you are can help you a lot in your faith. It keeps you away from the noise of the world so you can really hear God. How am I worthy of God? Like, how am I worthy of the love of God? But this camp has shown me, like, no matter what happens, God will love you. The masses are, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind experience because I've never had mass outdoors before. And just seeing the priest raise Christ in the Eucharist and then seeing the mountains and the trees in the background is just, it's really beautiful. I realized how much I really enjoy just being able to go to adoration and just sit in the presence of Jesus. Watching the campers explain their faith and just like be on fire with love for the Lord just inspired me and was just one of just the greatest gifts. How could you just be meant to live a normal life? I was like a lukewarm Christian. You can't, that's the thing that you can't be. What being a man is, is just being like Jesus, act, acting like how he acted, and just treat people like he treated people, and that's like true manhood. How's it been being with the other Catholic guys? Oh my goodness, it's been great just talking about my faith, being around guys that I can relate to. It's been hard talking about my faith in school, but here, I can just talk about my faith all I want, and how much I want to. Something that has struck me is that I can really trust him and that he's, yeah, that he's always there for me. Being in community with each other and with the Lord has allowed me to dive deeper into my own relationship with the Lord and not only see the Lord through nature, but also see the Lord through my brothers. I think the most joyful part has been definitely just Growing in friendship, just realizing like that bond that you can form with people once you share the same faith and like you're striving for the same goal, which is getting to heaven. I think it just like ties into like a different sense of sisterhood, which like I didn't know you could be able to gain. I really know how I can share my faith and be the type of person that God wants me to be. Before I rock climbed, I had doubts. Before I got in the raft, I had doubts. Before a lot of things I never really did, I had a lot of doubts. I feel like I've grown a lot in not listening to my doubts in my head and just doing it. We integrate our faith into literally like every single thing we do. After every activity we do, we have like a debrief where we relate it to our faith. And I thought that was just really cool because it made you see all those activities in like different way, a new perspective, pointing more towards God and not just towards like the fun of it. As you can hear from the the campers and the counselors themselves, like I said, those that, that was primarily middle school and high school kids sharing about their reflections. Um, it's it's a you know six days or nine days, but it has a tremendous lifelong impact on them. Yeah, beautiful. 
We only have about 11 minutes left with Kelton Steckline, and he is talking about Camp Voitiwa. What was your most experience, most memorable experience? Yeah, um, I was thinking through this, and man, I it's going to sound a cliche, and I'll give a story of one, one camper, but as I was thinking about this, honestly, every day, like I have just seen so many lives change, souls changed, um, kids grow, miracles happen, that I, I don't know if I could say that anything but every single day is just the most the best day ever when I'm, when I'm out there. Um, but I was, I was asking Jill the same question, knowing, um, you know, most memorable experience. And she had, she had a camper in mind that came to her like, man, this, this is the one that just hits home a lot. And this is a camper that was a high school kid in 2021 camp. And, um, you know, most of our campers, they, they come from all different journeys. Um, it is, you know, we're, we're a Catholic camp. Um, so they know that coming in, but some come because grandma or grandpa wants them to be there, not because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those kids who kind of came thinking that, you know, maybe I'm a little bit too, you know, too cool for this. Uh, this is just not, yeah. not my thing. And, but you know what? I'm, I like, I like climbing. I like adventure. I'll, I'll used to that kind of stuff. And on his like second or third day, he was hiking up um, to our fire pit and he, or was on a rock climbing excursion, he was hiking up the hike and he tweaked his knee and, um, Sprained, sprained it really, really bad to the point he actually couldn't even weight bear on it. Mm. But he didn't want to go home. He's like, no, I, you know, I'm here. I don't want to go home. I think I had to, you know, fly into it. Um, and so he had to miss the next couple of days of program. He just hung out with some of our staff separately. And in those two or three days, um, he experienced the way that our counselors, our, our counselor girls and our counselor guys showed just genuine, authentic friendship to each other and how to, how do male and females interact in a, in a healthy way and to be loved on and to be spoken to and be listened to. And, um, you know, this was not his life changing thing, but was really cool is he actually, uh, second day before camp was over, still couldn't wait bear. Um, went to daily mass, received the Eucharist. And after mass, he was able, he went and started walking pain free. Wow. Just, um, a Eucharistic miracle right there. And that's just, I mean, one of thousands of stories that we all have, but I can I can go story after story after story on miracles I've seen through through kids at camp, through the Eucharist, through through their prayer. But what was really cool about this was he left that week and he wrote a letter to our counselor staff saying like, "You guys have changed my life. Like you guys have shown me what it means to be loved, what it means to be um, seen, to be valued, and also what it means to like how how me as a as a young man is supposed to interact with women yeah. and high school girls. Thank you, you've changed me." And he told us that he was in a pretty unhealthy relationship at the time, and he went home and he kind of chopped that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so this was a really cool, like a really cool camper story. But that question always is for any kind of experience is what, what's the impact? What's the impact, you know, after that retreat high leads off? And our hope that is that, you know, I think at camp is it's not a retreat high. This is a, this is an, a, a change, a transformation. So my wife, um, she ended up calling his mom about six months after his camper experience. And uh, she asked, hey, how's, how's your son doing? And mm-hmm. she said, you wouldn't believe it, but he's a changed man. Mm-hmm. He came home, he cut his hair, he broke off with his, with his girlfriend. He is now in a young men's group and he's leading other young men. Mm-hmm. And he's a, just, he's a changed man. And he came back to camp 2022, just he looked different, he acted different. And it's, you know, those three or four days of his injury, you know, not going even by plan, it was supposed to happen, but um, experiencing just um, what he did at Camp Oitiwa, and has changed the trajectory of who he is and the man he's going to be. And that was, you know, Jill said, just, you know, that phone call with his mom and just hearing her gratitude for what mm. camp has done for him. Mm. Um, just one of our most memorable experiences and, you know, a camper that really comes to mind. And just like, wow, what a, what a, what an awesome witness to, like, give us strength. This is why we do what we do. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. 
All right, so tell us, you know, why should young people take advantage? I think you've done that all the time oh. that you've been here, but but something specific that you want to share. Yeah, um, I'm going to answer this with uh, an interview I was doing for a counselor applying for camp this year. This was a, a girl whose her boyfriend worked at camp last summer, and she wasn't applying, pretending or preparing to apply for Camp Waitiwa or anything. But her boyfriend wanted to go visit some of his camp friends, and he drove down from Nebraska to Benedictine to get together with some of them. And she said during that weekend, the four or five of them, the way they interacted, I've never seen something like that before. And mm. this is the word that she used. She said, it's like they'd experienced something, and because of what they'd experienced, there was no going back. And that's what I think the Camp With You experience is, whether it's for six days, for nine days, or for 10 weeks as a counselor. Um, our theme verse is John 10, 10, which is, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Mm. And at camp, we strive that everything that we do through giving you community, giving you brothers, giving you sisters, giving you a sense to be vulnerable, giving you a sense to not worry about what you look like for the day and have to worry about these, um, um, all these pressures, to have your heart come alive with adventure and perceived danger. And, but to know that you're doing that because you're rooted in the sacraments. You're rooted with um, an authentic prayer life every single day. And you experience what we hope you experience is that you've experienced what it means to be fully alive. Yeah. And once you've tasted that, there is no going back. There is no going home without pursuing that. And you can find, you don't need to be at camp to live life fully alive. You can find that in your middle school, in your high school. But camp has given you the ingredients of what you need to have, you know, with community, with the sacraments, with, with adventure, with, with being outdoors. And that is the opportunity I want to give to all of our young people um, to come and experience the real world. Experience, yeah. experience with us and um, give us six days, give us nine days. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what you make me think of is going back to what you started with in the raft with several people like-minded, same goal, and listening to, to the voice on, on the guide on how to get there. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, re I think, really what Camp Voitio, at least what I'm hearing from you, that's what it's all about. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Really, really nice. All right, so we are at 456. So um, you know, maybe uh, you could lead us in a prayer in Thanksgiving for everyone who's called in so far and in petition for the next caller, if you wouldn't mind doing that. And then we'll wrap up and move on to our next guest, which is a call-in. Yeah, I'd be happy to lead in prayer. Thank All you. Right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we just... Come to you today with gratitude in our hearts, gratitude for Divine Mercy Radio, gratitude for the opportunity to speak freely and to speak your message to so many um, who are listening to this through the radio waves, through social media, and all the platforms you allow us to 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 be the great the great commission in evangelizing. Um, I thank you personally for every single donor who has called in today, and thank you for every donor who will call in tomorrow. And I ask that you just bless them and grace them. Um, bless their gift, their sacrifice, the ways that you, they could use those treasures otherwise. But they know that using the treasures you've given them, they're giving it back to you. And it will um, multiply tenfold by blessing Catholic Radio and someone they are meant to reach because of, a, because of their donation. So, Father, I just ask that you um, continue to bless this, this radio station. Bless um, all the speakers who come in the rest of this week that ultimately everything that we say on the radio does not point towards us or even point towards um, the staff here, but points us back to you. As ultimately, that's why we do all that we do. And um, I just ask that the, the Blessed Mother um, be with us. Um, send down your mantle of protection over this radio station to protect it, that all who are listening um, will always be guided towards Christ. 
And I wrap this prayer asking through the intercession of St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks for tuning in to One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know that your underwriting spot can run three times during the show, which runs five times a week. The cost for all five stations, which runs from Junction City to the Colorado border, is only $250 per month. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to the Network of Stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your heart. One body, stewarding God's creation.